everybody, and welcome to the Limit Up podcast presented by Top Step. I'm Jack Pelzer, soon to be joined by my co-host Dan Hodgman, where we record this podcast together live on YouTube on the Top Step YouTube page at 3 p.m. on Thursday afternoon. So come check us out there if you want to ask questions or anything else. There's often a lively discussion that occurs. For today, the episode is called Stay Safe, everybody, because as I'm sure you're all acutely aware, it is scary out there, both in geopolitics and in the markets. Volatility is very high right now. So we wanted to talk about the things we see traders doing that is working right now as far as controlling their risk, moving their stops out, moving their profit targets out and cutting size. We'll discuss that and a whole lot more. So stick with us. Good afternoon, friends and traders. Welcome to the Limit Up Podcast. I'm Dan Hodgman sitting down with Jack Pelzer. Jack, how are you? I'm doing fine, all things considered. How are you doing, Dan? <sighs> Tired. It's been a long few weeks. Uh, looking forward to uh, a weekend here. Yeah, uh, me too, as so, soon as we can get through this here. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, you want to uh, give a little rundown here of what you're seeing today? Let's do it. Well, we got crude oil finally making a little bit of a downside move. And when I say little bit, I mean, we're looking at $9 from the open to uh, where we're trading now. So this market, or excuse me, $8. Market's making huge moves with Jack. I think we, we talked about it on Tuesday. I think we got to dive in a little bit deeper on what's going on over there um, because there's volatility. And when we get volatility, that's when you got to make some adjustments to your trading crude. We haven't seen this kind of volatility in quite some time. So I think it's worth kind of taking a look at that. You got equities kind of making a little bit of a downside move from the overnight session opened up this morning. Um, we kind of pulled back a little bit right within that trend. And then, uh, towards the tail end here of today, we saw a nice rally to the upside, kind of breaking outside of a channel for both S and P's and NASDAQ gold stays pretty much inside relatively tight, right around that $2,000 mark, uh, Euro. Since the euro opened really quiet, downside to a little bit, um, but really not a ton to bat our eyes at. And then uh, looking at our treasuries here, treasuries down just slightly. So you got movement. And when I say, you know, little bits here and there, these markets are starting to really open up ranges. And that as traders is what we got to think about. How are we going to adjust our strategies? How are we going to kind of take on this volatility? And I'll tell you the one thing you got to think about. Do you have the appetite for risk? Do you have the capital to take on uh, some of this volatility? And that's going to be important. And that was where your adjustments to your strategies may really come into play. Yeah, that's where the title of today's episode comes from. Stay safe, everyone. That's good advice in general, be it uh, you as a person, you driving, you doing whatever, especially in the markets right now, you got to stay safe. That's first and foremost, because uh, fortunes can be made in volatility like this and fortunes can be lost just as easy in fact easier i would say it's always easier to lose a lot of money than to make some so um yeah that's kind of where we you are know, and i also want to give the same um caveat that i did at the beginning of coach's playbook that we are probably not your go-to source for the war happening in ukraine right now we recognize that uh perhaps someday we could be so we will be discussing it, but at the same time, we're going to have to do it through mostly a focus on the markets and let others who are far more knowledgeable and have better information and so forth be the ones to discuss the humanitarian toll and 
so forth. So that is just the coverall right there. So we don't sound like goons just talking about the markets, but we're sort of paid Dan to be, well, goons here talking about the markets. So I guess we got to do it. You know, Jack, there was we did a um, little documentary a few years back, uh, the 10-year anniversary of the crash from 08. And one of the questions that we talked to a lot of, you know, well-known bigger traders um, was, you know, how do you handle this as a trader, right? When you have concerning things happening, their people are affected in a negative uh, negative light. But as traders, we have to kind of look at this from a different perspective, right? When you see markets are moving, that's where opportunities created from a trading perspective. And so you have to kind of, and not to sound cold here, but you kind of got to separate the emotion and the feelings of what's going on um, versus from the trading, right? We can't have a guilt when we're trading and you've got to keep that in mind. And if you're struggling with that, that's just a sign, hey, take it easy, pump the brakes, let's slow down, let's reassess things. And maybe right now is not going to be the best time to trade for me. So those are things we all have to think about as difficult situations happen. Absolutely. Dan, have you ever uh, watched any of the show Billions? I have. I was actually, as I was saying that, I was thinking about yeah. one of the beginning seasons about 9-11. Yeah, I think, and that was also something that would always come back to in, that was before my time as far as trading and things like that. But that was always a story that people would bring up of, of what people were doing there and how they handled it. Some places shut down immediately. I don't want to give any spoilers for billions, but there's a difference between just keeping your emotions out of something and focusing on the immediate task at hand and being an absolute ghoul or using inside information to, uh, you know, war profiteer or something. So I, I, I don't think most retail traders, in fact, pretty much all retail traders out there aren't doing that. So that I can live with. Right. So right. I, and we trade fundamentals too, right? We get news, we get information and, and our job as a trader is to not make an opinion necessarily on how that a news is going to affect others it's we have to think about it in the hat or the mindset of a trader right i have to think as a trader with this information i'm taking in right now how are the markets going to react and then i can execute based off of that so long as it is in, a, in line with my strategy and if it isn't um then we adjust yeah and we often say uh if you're a technical analysis inclined person that you should just be looking at the charts and I think that there are some different ways. I would definitely add some, once again, caveats to that in an environment like this. When, for instance, yesterday we had a big bounce in the equities and it seemed to me at least, I guess this is opinion, that a lot of that had to do with there was some positive developments in like possible uh, not solutions, but maybe something moving forward with this thing between Russia and Ukraine. And I think if you're looking at something like that, in the back of your mind, you need to at least understand from a macro sense that that's a very tenuous, um, especially hearing the way every Russian official I've seen talk about this. It's a very uh, tenuous uh, hope of peace at this point. So just keep your ear to the ground these things you don't have to be an expert but just mostly as we said stay safe right so uh dan you want me to open up one of these charts here uh why not 
yeah, it'd be a good visual aid here. We'll try not to rely on it too much because we're recording this for a podcast as well. All right, let me share this. All right, thought we might as well throw the NASDAQ up here. We always start with a daily chart so we can see the long term going on here. I do this mostly because as we started off, I want to talk a little bit about some levels of importance here. And the big one that jumps out on me is uh, right around 13,000 here, where we've had sort of now twice it's gotten to about that level and backed off and it's also a low going back to uh around may if you can believe it uh what are your thoughts around there because you said something interesting about what the traders in our program that are doing well right now are doing as far when it comes to levels yeah absolutely well first and foremost levels in this uh um in this market they're going to be a little different right when volatility increases we always talk about a level as a zone, right? An area, not a finite level. Well, these zones and areas are starting to increase. They're starting to get a little bit wider. And so when you look at this from that perspective, when you start to open up the zone or the area that your level is really going to be played within, that's when you have to start an adjusting strategy. And not in the sense of like buying and selling, but rather risk and how I'm approaching each and every trade, whether it's downsizing in contracts so I can open up my risk or simply opening up that risk and you have to add more capital into the trading account or however you're going about things. So for me, as I approach these situations, what I'm seeing a lot of our traders that are doing really well, and I'm excited, we've had some awesome payouts here lately from some great trading um, in these markets. And it really has come down to, they're opening up risk. Like I'm seeing traders take a little bit more heat but I'm also seeing contract sizing down where a trader, a lot of times, you know, some of these traders that I watch regularly or I talk to more often than not, you know, they're twos and threes right now. A lot of them are trading one lots, but they're maintaining the same dollar value in their downside move. And I'm not saying set your stops at a dollar value, but what they're doing is they're they're opening up their risk, but their value or the dollars that they're seeing coming in and out of their account are equivalent to what they've seen historically and previously because there's a major psychological change let's just use the simplicity of a two lot um, in the nq that's five dollars a tick twenty dollars a handle and you're risking let's just say 10 handles i still think 10 handles is relatively tight right now in the nasdaq but for simple numbers mm -hmm. if you're trading two lots um, and you're risking 10 handles that's a 400 dollars losing trade if that's your risk well if you downsized to a one lot and you open up your risk to say 20 handles, your dollar value or the psychological change in that trade doesn't really change a ton because the dollar value is the same. Now, if you maintain two lots, that $400 risk is gonna open up to $800 of risk. And that's where we start to sweat a little bit because it's really tough to take on more visual risk, right? When we see those dollars increasing, even though the strategy is set up that way, even though we know exactly what we're doing, there's that psychological issue of, whoa, I have not had an $800 loser. Why, this is tough. And now I feel like I have to chase harder to get back these profits, even though we're still within the same system. So if you're able to downsize your size that you're trading, um, it'll allow you to take more risk, but not really change that psychological change and maybe allow you to open up those profit sides too. Yeah, it would be ill-advised, dare I say crazy, not to have your size respond to this sort of volatility. Where you can see, uh, you know, on this chart, I have, you know, a 
14 period ATR here, showing that the range on this is really uh, obviously getting wider every day. So if you wouldn't, you're really trading twice the risk if you're keeping your same size in twice the volatility. And people sometimes like to be uh, overly consistent in what they trade, and they especially don't like to give up size, right? Mm -hmm. um, there seems to be a certain level of once you're a two-lot or a three-lot trader, it's a badge of honor, something you thump your chest about that you can't go <laughs> down to this. But hey, that's what the professionals, everyone else, when the risk rises, you got to decrease your size. I also see over here, we talked in Coach's Playbook about the uh, coming death cross a little while ago. Well, that certainly happened in the NQ already around uh, the beginning of March. That's the 50 period moving average going through the 200 there. And it looks like so far, you know, it's been erratic, but it's paying off a little bit. Depends on how long you'd want to take it there. But mm -hmm. it all comes down to what you said about you need to adjust your size to the environment. Yeah. And Jack, um, just looking at your ATR here, you know, if we look back over the last year and a lot of people, right, when you're trading the similar market state and similar market style for a full year, you kind of get used to a, you get used to it, right? If we're, our ranges are a little bit tighter, you get used to trading that range. All of a sudden, now we start to see ATR uh, double sometimes and almost triple what we saw maybe six months ago, eight months ago. We haven't seen uh, ranges like this in quite some time, and so just more indication: slow down what you're doing a little bit because it's tough. You're, you yeah. feel like if you're used to the trading that you saw six, eight months ago where things were a little bit tighter, a little bit quieter, and now we're opening up these ranges, you feel like you see a lot of action. Now these markets are just moving. It's one of the old things for me that I go back to. Like just because the market's moving does not mean there's some, a trade there. Wait for that trade to present itself. Focus on those high probability setups. I really don't see the point in taking it. If you don't consider it, let's call it an A setup. I don't really see the point in taking it if it's not an A setup, especially with ranges like these. Yeah, there's give and take to it where you can tighten and loosen. So we're not trying to take away your opportunities by saying the trade's smaller. Uh, you were discussing how we see too many people who are keeping their stops too tight, especially in the NQ, like everything too tight. Uh, it's a similar risk profile if you want to if you have your size you can just double your target double your stop loss right you you got to give it more room to shake out that noise and get the signal mm -hmm. so you can still go for like you mentioned the same profit there's still the same or more opportunity out there it would just be ill-advised to trade it the same way you did before. So that would be the biggest takeaway to that. Absolutely. And um, if there's anything else you want to say about the NQ before we switch over to the oil chart, which I, is also I was just going to ask, can we just get into oil? I mean, we got to look at this. Yeah. I know everyone's think. I mean, it's on everyone's mind, right? Maybe I'm a, a little, little sensitive, as they say, to um, oil prices. Um, for those of you that have watched any video of me when I talk about oil prices over the last, I don't know, year, year and a half, as we've seen prices increase, um, I drive a not very um, fuel-efficient vehicle, to put it lightly, and the gas pumps are uh, always kind of a thing for me, and now seeing these prices come up, I think we're all looking at it. I think we're feeling it across the board. Anyone that is 16 and over and has to pay for their own gas recognizes this, and so not only are we seeing it at the pumps, we're seeing it here in these markets. You can see ATR here starting to increase as well. 
you've got ranges over the last 36 hours. This market has moved $20 um, just for dollar sake, right? We all we all see things in dollars or we understand, I think, better when we talk markets in the dollar sign as opposed to cents and handles and quarters and ticks, right? Mm-hmm. When we're moving $20 um, in such a short period, that's $20,000 for a one lot. Margins yeah. have increased. You've got to put up a ton of money right now to be active in a crude market. You mentioned the ATR on this going back almost doesn't even make sense because it's gone up so much that the line's completely con- compressed, right? It wasn't, right? It's, it's like to, it was zero six months yeah, it ago. Was, it was zero. It was around there, and now it's up to you know, $4 a day or something like that. That's a huge range for a contract of oil to the point, like we mentioned on Playbook, is personally for me, we talked about the equities. I think there's opportunities there if you want to trade. This is a market that I am staying out of for now, uh, the crude oil futures. I am too. Uh, and I'll say this for multiple reasons. Uh, this is a personal thought opinion and partially why I'm staying out. Um, with this geopolitical tension that's going on, there is opportunity for manipulation of this market, right? You, mm-hmm. <laughs> well beyond uh, an institution or a re- retail trader, but on a much higher level, um, things can change. Countries can be involved in this market, right? We all know they are. We've heard a lot of news coming out from from the White House here just about changes to uh, the oil um, the oil markets right now. They have an effect on this, and there's nothing saying that a country can't put on a heavy position and then make a actual stance to say, "Hey, let's let's change our our, our opinions or our actions." Right. And as we all know, Dan, the list of the uh, most powerful oil nations in the world is just a who's who of <laughs> upright and ethical people that would never engage in market manipulation. Uh, but it's exactly yeah, <laughs> right. Uh, but it, it, not even under the table stuff right out in the open. Uh, countries are constantly going back and forth to each other and being like, hey, UAE give us more oil and they might be like yes or no but they know and you don't just right in the open you don't see that with other uh i'm not used to trading commodities really but you don't see that with the uh stocks as much where you know biden right. couldn't go to europe and be like hey let's uh let's jack up the s&p real quick well, it just they, doesn't and they did this with onions onions used to be a uh, a futures ah, contract yes. i don't know if any of you guys have heard the story about onions and i couldn't tell you if it was the 70s or 60s or 80s um, there was a little market manipulation going on in the onion future um, and because of that they literally shut down the futures contract and now it's a it's a steady price um, oil what I find interesting Jack you, you kind of you, you you lit something in my head when you're talking about just like out in the open OPEC every every week we get numbers from them um, we get a number of what's going on are we going to increase or decrease production and that in and of itself is like, hey, we need to get prices higher. So let's pull, let's pull how much we're pulling out of the out of the ground, and uh, let's see if we can raise prices a little bit, put more money in our pockets. I mean, well, the, it's the textbook definition, literally the textbook definition, because you'll see it uses as, as an example an economics textbook of a cartel, right? Um, in every sense, that's not even. I'm, I'm not even making a judgment with that. It's just literally what something like OPEC is that uh, you couldn't see in, you know, if it was a free market for oil between them, they would be 
you know, su- working out supply and demand. If it was too expensive and someone could pump more, they would. Uh, but instead, because there's a lot of other things going on, they get to decide how much supply and, uh, you know, it's kind of like uh, Comcast or some of these companies around here. Now, for the record, I'm not comparing Comcast to uh, OPEC or something like that. That would be insane for a man who can't pay legal fees to do. But uh, it's sort of what happens when there's tight controls over supplies. And that's also why economically supply shocks are really one of the hardest things to deal with. We're dealing it right now. The CPI number came out today, 7.9%. That is, you know, that's, that's high. And I hope everyone out there is getting a raise at their job. (laughs) Yeah. Go, go, go ask for 7.9%. Well, that's how, how the big inflation gets started is because of exactly what you said, Dan, right. Is uh, it's all about managing expectations. So you mentioned go ask for a raise. Well, if you're logical, uh, in, in the classic, when things really get out of control with inflation, you go ask for a raise, but you don't ask for 7.9% raise because it keeps on going up. So you ask for a 10%. And then that's how things start spiraling out of control as like there's more rounds of negotiation and the it that's how you get runaway inflation, basically. So similar to like the 70s, late 70s, early 80s, we had uh, sky high inflation. That was also supply shock had to do with oil. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, most recessions that someone my age or all recessions, someone my age has seen have been demand generated. There people are losing their jobs. There's no demand. And that's what causes it. So we're kind of in uncharted territory, really. So, Jack, be... I think your your education just got put to the test there. We're talking textbook definitions from economics textbooks, which are an economics background. I mean, you just nailed all of your education and what your professors to be proud. Yeah, I'll see. I'll uh, send one of them this and make sure I take out the part about comparing uh, Comcast to OPEC. So, but as far as that's all stuff that's going on in the ether, uh, as a day trader, you still got to pay attention. I still think that CPI is the most important number. Yeah, and you know, just talking day trading here. When we look at something like crude oil here, I want to I want to stress like. These are still tradable markets. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe, maybe it's gonna you're gonna adjust your system, and maybe you got a question: Do I have enough capital to trade within this? But fundamentals and the technicals still apply, right? If we have major news, look for reaction here. The one thing I would say is don't expect um, the expected. I guess you could say, right? If if something comes out and says, "Hey, we're gonna you know we're gonna increase." Um, we're going to increase our production here in the United States. Let's just say that happens, right? Which should in turn fundamentally say that these markets are going to move lower. I would just strongly recommend any news that comes out. Just sit back. Let that market make its initial emotional move before you decide to hop in. That's really where I think you've got to make a major change, right? Don't just jump in on the fundamentals. If the technicals are at play, Take advantage of them, right? Look for those chances. Um, I think someone just kind of mentioned in here, uh, really a clean opening range here for crude oil. It's set up nicely. Um, Look for that stuff. Continue to trade that way. But just you got to be conscious, right? There's major volatility in this market. This market opened up just under $116, and now we're trading $105. So you got big moves, um, which, like Jack said in the very beginning, when the big markets are, the volatility is happening, there's a big chance to make money. There's also a good 
slightly better chance to lose money. And I can tell you from past experience and being in around this industry um, for the last 32 years, I guess I grew up from day one in this <laughs> industry. Uh, when the volatility hits, it's a small percentage that are successful in it. Um, and it's a larger percentage that get hurt. Um, and that's yeah. the thing that I can't stress enough. I have been around too many traders, firms, people um, hurt by major volatility, and I've seen much less uh, prosper in this major volatility. Yeah, I'm going to stop the share real quick. Is that kosher, Dan? Absolutely, Jack. All right. Get back so you can see our lovely faces. Yeah, I think that there's an underestimation of how volatile things can get. Now, many of you out there, if you're trading, you were probably trading through COVID. So you've seen the worst volatility so far. And that was a lot more, at least in equities. This oil thing is a different ball game. But at least in equities was the biggest volatility we've ever seen in our lifetime. Uh, perhaps, I mean, that was the all-time high in the VIX, correct? Something like 90 or mm -hmm. somewhere around there. That's correct. I think people are always lagging. I think, uh, well, necessarily your risk management and what you trade as far as size is going to lag volatility because volatility, by definition, if something is volatile, it has to be unexpected. There's no such thing as planned volatility. That would be sort of like one of those George Carlin comedy bits, right? You can't plan volatility. But I think people are slower to adjust than they need to be. Because you can always go the other way. If things, you know, if everything, God willing, if everything just sorts itself out this afternoon, okay, then you can adjust to that. It, w it won't, like, it won't hurt you too much. What will hurt you is if things get a lot more volatile and you don't adjust yet. So that's, I think, what we want to see prevented more than anything. Yeah, I, I think that's really well said, Jack. I mean, I don't want to ever steer anyone away from any sort of trading, right? Volatile, volatile times creates excitement in markets. Um, we as traders, you know, not everyone loves it, uh, but I would say as a trader, you love action. You love you wouldn't be in this industry if you didn't love th that high pace adrenaline, right? I, I can tell you over the years, anytime we saw volatility, the person I am changes. I get a little better sleep. I sleep less, but I sleep better. Um, I'm, I'm more alert. I'm drinking less coffee. I'm excited. I, I love getting involved in volatile markets. But I have been through experiences that have taught me how concerning volatile times can be. I, I've, I've lived through them. Um, and so for me, that's a big thing that I, I recognize as a trader of like how dangerous it can be. And it, it's like swimming in shark infested water because these markets can flip on a switch super quickly. Um, we, we've seen it in a lot of them. And so to me, that's the biggest thing. When Jack and I talked a few weeks ago about these catastrophic stops, they're now more important than ever because we looked at, you know, you brought up COVID, Jack, right? We saw volatility we've never seen before. But we understood that volatility, I think, better than we are right now. Because right now, there are new revelations coming out constantly. Things are changing, mm -hmm. right? We're, we're seeing this is geopolitical. This is uh, humanitarian. This is frightening times for a lot of people. You know, COVID was, hey, everyone just get home. Everyone just stay together. We're going to figure this one out. You know, you weren't concerned about 
something coming out of left field is net. I guess that's not the best way to put it, but we had a little better understanding of what was going on there. We're here. It can change instantaneously. Yeah. If you're in longer positions or something like that, you got to be worried about, you know, I don't know what strategy you use for your trailing stops or something like that, but yeah, be, uh, you got to almost expect the rug pull at a certain point, whether you're long or short, take the oil, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, it just can rip one way or the other on a headline. And you just have to accept that you're exposed to that if you're going to be in that market. So stay safe. I think that's a perfect way to round this out here. Yeah, absolutely. So uh, with all that, anything uh, more upbeat to say before we leave? I'm going to see Eric Church on Friday night. I'm looking forward to it. A concert out in public. Um, downtown Chicago. I'm looking forward to uh, seeing things kind of get a little bit more uh, positive in the Chicago area. I haven't been in the city oh. in quite a while, so I'm looking forward yeah, to it. Yeah, that would be fun. I am watching The Baby from 6 a.m. till midnight tomorrow. So that's a different sort of fun, but we'll have a good time. <laughs> Just bro out a little bit. You crack a yep. beer, he cracks a bottle, and uh, kick back and uh, watch no. a little uh, Netflix. Yeah, looking forward to it. So, uh, Dan, have a good time there. And, uh, yeah, I'll see you, well, next week. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> oh, yeah, I say, as we uh, say we head off here, that's all for uh, the Thursday Limit Up right now. Uh, stay safe out there, and uh, namaste and trade well. Limit Up is a presentation of Top Step. Check us out at topstep.com to learn how you can become funded in futures trading. Until next time.